otherwise advice that I have for like moving around a lot is to always try and look at like positives of a place I think it's really easy for a lot of people to move to these places and just start looking at the negatives um even people have said to me about my vlogs like oh you make it look so nice there it's like I'm not rearranging the city like I'm not doing anything I'm just like trying to look at like all the beautiful and like positive things about these places because it's your life right now that you're living and like whether you like the place or not it's taking up time from your life to live there so you know you might as well enjoy it you're listening to breaking the ice podcast a podcast i created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players my name's devin dodero i'm the wife of charlie dodero we have two dogs a little boy crosby and a baby girl on the way we spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way, while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast. Last week was a kind of chill week. We were sick and there was a lot of games. We are in the middle of playoffs, towards the end of playoffs actually right now. Some super, super exciting news, but my husband's team is going to the final round, which we have actually never gone to the finals before. So this is like a huge deal. I'm super excited for him. I know that one of his like career goals is to win a championship. And so I am so happy for him and the team. And I really hope that they can take this whole thing home. It's going to be hard, but I have positive thoughts about it. Um, so I've been on the solo parent train. I know a lot of you guys can relate right now. It's been pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, we have pretty much been having these chaotic schedules for the last six weeks before playoffs even started. So entering playoffs, I was already feeling that burnout feeling. And then <clears throat> it's just kind of like gotten worse and worse. I noticed like my patience is really thin and I don't have as much energy. Like even if I do have the time for myself, I feel like exhausted and I feel like I have to listen to my body and just try to rest because it's truly go, go, go. Like when one kid's sleeping, the other kid's up. And not to mention my daughter's in a sleep regression right now, that good old four month sleep regression, I'm sure you have all heard about. And so I'm up several times a night. It's very draining, but I have chosen to let go of feeling guilt about the TV. For a while, I felt really guilty about letting my son watch TV. Like I was like, oh, like there was just this voice in my head that was like, it's been on too long. I need to turn it off. But I am giving myself permission to let it go and have a little bit of grace with myself because I have no help. 
it's very hard being a solo parent four days a week for weeks on end. And I also tell myself what I have on is educational. And um, if you follow my personal page, you've probably seen me post that my son has a little bit of a speech delay, but when he's watching these shows, he's honestly repeating everything. So I actually think it's good for him in a way to practice his speech because there's only so much I can say in one day to him. Back to the burnout though, if you are in this season of life right now where you are experiencing burnout, I am no expert. (laughs) I'm no expert on burnout on how to come out of it because I'm currently in that stage. I just feel totally drained and I feel like when my husband is here, I'm sure a lot of you will relate to this. He's very tired. These games can be very intense. Like I can't even imagine playing in a game like this. Like obviously I'm not a hockey player, never have been, can hardly be on skates, but having like a huge, a job where you physically exert yourself, especially in playoffs to get this far, it's just really tiring. So I can understand that. But I also think it's hard because on those days off, like they obviously need to recover for the other games, but it's also almost like, thank God you're home, you know, like I need to recover too. And then it sometimes can be like, it can feel like it's a tired battle between each other. And so we have to try to like make space and time for each other. And I'm like, when he gets home, I'm like, here are the kids, please take them. I'm done. Um, So if you are solo momming right now, I'm right there with you. And you can message me if you need to vent, if you need to cry. I've been there. Um... But we are near the end here, and hopefully... Today on the podcast, I have Jackie Gendron joining me. And Jackie, I hope I said your last name right. I've been practicing trying to say it. It's a tough one, but I hope I did it right. In this episode, we had a great chat about all things hockey. We talked about remote jobs, moving tips, how she met her husband in high school, and how they've been together for 11 years. So she's really been with him through college, through his first professional team that he signed with all the way up until now. They started the season this year in Norway and they are finishing it in the ECHL in Greenville, South Carolina. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of a ride, but she shares all about her experience. Jackie also has built her TikTok and now has 75,000 followers on TikTok, which is amazing. She started off as a wedding vlogger essentially when she was planning her wedding but then once they moved to Norway she started doing of started vlogging about their experience in Norway and what they were doing every year I think she was even in a newspaper in Norway which is really cool so she really really embraces everything that she does wherever she's at I highly recommend following her on TikTok. She is such a fun follow I always love to see what she's up to and it's also very relatable to just the hockey life. She talks a lot about, or she shares a lot about what they're doing and what's going on in their hockey world. So make sure to follow her. I will link it in the show notes, but enjoy this episode and have a great rest of your day and root for us in the finals. I do not know how to use TikTok. I feel like it's so hard. I mean, you make it look easy, but for me, I'm like, how does this work? I feel like a grandma. Oh, it did definitely take a while to get used to like all the 
editing process and stuff, but I've spent so much time on it now. Yeah, you make TikTok look easy, but when I try to do it, I love looking on it and like watching other people's videos and then like I just don't get how the audio works. Like I'll think I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be like so good. And then like it's like 20 views. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Oh, the algorithm is a nightmare. Like sometimes I feel the same way. I'm like, this video is so good, it's definitely gonna do well. And it like gets to no one. And I have at this point like 75,000 followers. I just saw. Sometimes my videos will get like 200 views. It's like, where, what? Like, where are all my followers? (laughs) Or like, why are you not pushing the video out? Yeah. That part of it's definitely frustrating. I feel like you grew that pretty fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, before we moved to Norway, I had been doing more like personal like I would post like wedding planning and people were really into that but I didn't want to like niche myself so much into being like a wedding TikToker because then once the wedding's over it's like like you're done like no one wants to see anything anymore so I tried to balance out like lifestyle and wedding and then like hockey things teaching um but then when we moved to Norway that's when like I want to say I got like over 50,000 followers in the first like couple weeks because I just had a few videos go viral and then people were so interested in learning about like a different culture and different lifestyle so that was wild I'm still like not used to it yeah well I remember because I was like I went on like a full like video like because I just like kept watching your videos it's like kind of addicting (laughs) like oh like gotta see what they're doing tomorrow but it was like day one (laughs) you know or uh-huh. like day in the life too with like my husband. I did every single day. How yeah, did you yeah. start it? You started it saying the same thing at the uh, start. My husband, my, my husband signed a contract to play professional hockey in Norway. So here we are day, whatever. And then I ended up like cutting that down because people were like, we know, like you can just <laughs> say the day now. So then yeah. I just started saying like, we're on day, whatever of living in Norway. And then yeah. I kind of stopped. <laughs> like towards the end I have I've got lots of tea for you not for the podcast but but for after okay yeah I'm excited to hear well did you feel like can you make money off of that now since you have like a pretty following so um there's a couple ways to make money on TikTok I haven't totally figured out like the best ways yet um I'm in the creator fund now which is like once you're over a certain number of followers I think it's 10,000 um and you have to have like certain views in the last 30 days you can get paid per view per video but it's super minimal like dollars a day like single digit dollars a day um but then like the money is through um brand partnerships and um collaborations and things like that i don't have any long-term collaborations but i've had little ones here and there for like food things or clothing um I did one with a spa in Norway which was kind of fun oh my god um, like so sign me up free spa services I, I'll advertise oh my god yeah I was like you don't even need to pay me I'll just take the spa day yeah um so that's like where the money that's where the money is more so than the creator fund um right now it's not like I could not have a job and just do that for a living it's not sustainable yet maybe it will get to that point um but for now it's just fun like I really enjoy doing it and making the videos yeah that's so I feel like that's such a fun outlet too just to like have during like the season and like just 
you know, yeah. like filming your life and having people watch it. I think it's really cool. And we would look back on, it's kind of like a scrapbook for us since I was doing it every day. There were some nights we'd get in bed and just like go back and watch like, oh, like I remember we did that. Or like, oh, I totally forgot that we did that in our first like couple of weeks or even looking back at like, I was trying to learn Norwegian. So in my first few videos, I would say like, words and now I'm like oh my god that was such bad pronunciation like that's not even how you say it so it's been fun to look back at all of that yeah for sure well that's I feel like I wasn't even planning on like starting off asking about TikTok but we just like (laughs) dove right in I'm like yeah so if you guys are listening you need to go follow Jackie on TikTok because it is a fun follow for sure um so I want to ask you one of your TikToks I learned that you and your husband met in high school yeah yep in high school which is just crazy because I feel like that's not super common. And especially in this lifestyle. And I want to hear all about like, you know, your journey and just being like a significant other of a hockey player for such a long time, moving all over. Like, how has that been for so long? It's been wild. I mean, early on in high school, I didn't understand really what I was getting myself into. Um, Miles wasn't like a, um, a prospect really until his senior year when he'd like kind of grown and like grown into his body a little bit more. Um, and that's sort of when we met. So he would, he would text me and be like, Oh my God, like this college, like wants to do a tour or like people are, um, drafting me in their mock draft into the NHL draft. And we were like, wow, that would be so cool. And then his senior year summer is when he got drafted to the NHL. So that's when it started to get like, wow, this is like, cool. Like, this is real. This could all happen. Um, And then he played a year in juniors, which was uh, my first year of college. He was playing juniors and I was playing soccer in college. So like, like our schedules were just a nightmare. He didn't have an iPhone. So he was in Canada. I was in the U.S. We couldn't text because he didn't have iMessage and like, (laughs) That year was that that's, year like, a, was that's just, like a relationship ender for me. Like if you are a new friend in my life and you do not have an iPhone, like sorry, <laughs> this isn't gonna work. Yeah, out. I I actually I was I was kind of mad at him. I'm like, can you just get an iPhone? But he eventually got one. Um, and then his first year of college was my sophomore year of college. Also kind of rough because, like I said, I played soccer, so like. I was in season, couldn't visit him. Then he was in season, couldn't really visit me. I also was in season in the winter. We had like a winter soccer season. So it was like that part was just getting used to how to be long distance. We weren't really long distance. It was like two hours away. But just like not being able to see each other as much as we wanted to was kind of challenging. But we got we got through it, obviously. (laughs) Um, And then towards like the end of his college hockey career was when we got more used to like knowing when we could see each other and how to balance all of that. And then, then he signed his first professional contract, which was cool. And I went with him for his first season. Um, and it was like, I guess very different than what people expect it's going to be like, you know, obviously it's not as glamorous as people think it's going to be lots of like call ups and send downs and like moving and packing. And our first year together, we were with, well, uh, so our first year he was with three different teams. 
um, four different teams if you count the AHL team. So he started in the AHL. The day that I got there, he got sent down because um, I like planned to move up with him. Anyways, he got sent down, so we drove to that team. Later in the season, he was loaned to Reading, Pennsylvania. So we drove down. We got groceries. We like unpacked. We were ready to be there for the end of the season. And then like the next day, we got a call from uh, Toronto or the GM of Toronto. And they're like, we just traded for you. Welcome to the organization. And so he had to fly out to Newfoundland. And I couldn't go with him. We weren't married at the time. And like, it didn't make sense for the last two months to go. So anyways, so that was our first year experiencing the pro lifestyle of like, understanding and realizing that it's just full of uncertainty. (laughs) So after that point, we, um, then it was a COVID year. So I actually was lucky because I could teach remotely. My kids were all remote. And so I got to go with him to Utah. Um, And again, the whole year he was called up. So I was stuck in Utah by myself. He was in Colorado. So then the next year we're like, okay, we'll just do long distance. Like you go teach, you go play hockey. Like we'll just be long distance for this year. And then of course that year didn't get called up at all. So he's in one place the whole year. The one time that we're like not together. Um, (laughs) And then Norway happened, which I never, ever would have expected us to live in Norway. So (laughs) that was wild. Like, so how many years have you guys been together? Uh, It'll be coming up on 11. Okay. So when this is all happening, like initially early on, like obviously you guys got together really early, but with like the, like he's just entering his professional life as a hockey player and you're like getting thrown all around you're moving you're getting traded you're going up you're going down like did you ever have a moment where you're like I don't know if this is for me like I don't know if I can do this that's funny I I never had that thought the only thoughts that I did have were more about my career and like except as a teacher like I can always teach I can teach until I'm 70 years old if I well I probably won't want to, but like I can teach forever and he can't play hockey forever. So that was like my only struggle, I guess I had internally was like, should I be like following him? Because people would always be like, oh, you can't follow him. Like you should go teach. Like you shouldn't just follow a guy around, but it's like, you're not really following. It's my life too. And I wanted to go live in these new places and like experience this lifestyle as well. So that's like the only, I guess, doubts or questioning I had, um, which I ended up like stopping teaching for one year. I went back to it for a little bit. Then when we went to Nor- when we went to Norway, I had to stop again, um, which was also a challenging decision. But that's like the only doubts I guess I really had. I mean, that's awesome. I know people struggle with both. People struggle with like not necessarily like, is the relationship for me, but like, is this light, like, can I handle this lifestyle or like, how do I not like pursue my dreams and follow someone chasing their dreams? Like, it's just, it's hard to navigate. I feel like sometimes when you're super early on too, and like, you're not married. So you're like, Mm -hmm. what decision do I make here? Like, it could be very stressful and overwhelming. Yeah. So you are working from home now, right? So you do work. I'm working remotely now, which is really great for this lifestyle. It's not what I want to do long term. 
Um, but it's nice for now. Like yeah. I really like being remote. Do you have any advice for finding remote jobs? Cause that's something I get asked mm-hmm. a lot. And like, I'm not currently in that phase where I'm like actively looking for remote jobs, obviously like just have two young kids, but like for people that are wanting to do that right now, what, how can they like start looking for one and start that process? Honestly, it's it's kind of challenging right now because everyone wants to be remote. Like once everyone got a taste of it during COVID, it's like, yeah, we want to stay at home and do this. <laughs> if we can get paid the same and do the same job at home, we'll pajamas. take that <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's very oversaturated right now, which is challenging, but I would recommend applying to everything specifically women in general like tend to not apply to jobs that they don't feel like they meet every single bullet point and and men are not doing that so like that's my first piece of advice even if you don't meet every single criteria on a listing like just apply you never know um but also it's important to be open to maybe another type of job or like another not career path but like a branch of what you're doing in a different setting I guess because like I said it's so oversaturated right now it's kind of unlikely to find exactly what you want to do um so I'm working it for a biotech company right now which is not my background at all like I'm in education I taught for five years and now I'm I'm working for this biotech company that um yeah and it's like obviously not what I went to school for but your passion but it works for right now Yeah. So if you're just looking for something remote, like for the time being, or just for a temporary job, then you're going to have to maybe branch out a little bit. Yeah. There's also like websites like um, Upwork. If you are like to do a lot of freelance work, like Mm -hmm. social media or marketing, or even, you know, you could do probably TikTok now at this point for someone up for like a company, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of um, like individual companies that post on there that I have found in the past when I was doing remote stuff. And I think that's, that's a good resource too. Like I find it hard when there's companies that will do like half in person, half online. Cause that's I'm the like, worst. Uh, what's like, what is that? And they'll, and they'll promote it on their listing, like remote. Cause you can filter remote jobs versus in person. And that's what I was doing. And then you'd click on them and it would be like, partially remote it's like no you said you're remote and now you're saying you have to go in two times a week and be based in like Michigan like that's not fully remote so definitely yeah be careful of of that little sneaky job people (laughs) so did you get this job like when you came back from Norway or did you go to Norway and have this job so actually I went to Norway thinking that I would be able to get a job over there because that's what Miles told me and now I just know not to trust him um (laughs) he was like yeah you can get a job over there the team will help you so I figured like the team would be able to get me into a school or like I could do teaching over there or whatever and that was not the case so once I was over there I started looking um and I found it I want to say in like November or something um so I had been looking for jobs in Norway and it was just like kind of impossible. (laughs) Um, So I found this one and and have been doing it since. So what was that like working hours in North America when you're living in Norway? 
I really liked it. It was nice. It did kind of make me lazy, though, because I didn't really have to start working until, what would that be? Like, 1, no, 7, like, 2 p.m. I wouldn't have to start working until, like, 2 p.m. And it was project-based mostly, and I had some meetings here and there. Um, so I could get work done in the morning, but it was it was nice being able to just, like, have my mornings and then go to work in the afternoon. Um, but it did completely like contradict Miles' schedule because he'd be at practice in the morning, and then once he was home, then I would start working. Right. So I do prefer it now that I'm back in the U.S. But it was still like definitely doable. And yeah. Did you do you find that there's any like laws or anything if you have a North American job working it in Norway? And I don't even know if that's like a thing, but people have asked me that. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So I actually had a job offer originally with a U.S. based company in education and it was fully remote and they wouldn't let me work from Norway. They said that I would have to have they would have to give me the same benefits that a Norwegian citizen would get legally, I guess. And they're like, we unfortunately like can't give you that because Norway is like 12 months of paid maternity leave and like just amazing healthcare and all of that. And they're like, unfortunately, as a startup, we we just yeah. can't afford to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's like mostly what I know in terms of law like tax purposes and laws. I don't fully know like anything else. Yeah. Um, but I do know a few other people who are working remotely with US based companies overseas and I I I wish I knew more about that. Yeah, I've always been curious because that like like I said, I've been asked that so many times. I'm just like, I don't even know how that would work. Like how like I feel like a company would have to do so much research. Oh and yeah. see if that could even be like like possible, you know, they'd have to reach out to their like international lawyers and all of that. That's what the first job I had had to do. It took like months because they couldn't, it's such a unique position with like working remotely now is a newer thing. So there's not that much information. Like when I went to look online, can I work for a U.S. company from Norway? Like there's nothing there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so then you were in Norway, and then what happened? So you went back to the U.S. Yeah, so uh, Miles got hurt in in November, and there's an import rule in Norway. I think it's similar everywhere else, too, but they can have six non-Norwegian imports. So anyone who's not from Norway, which counts Sweden as well. So I think they had four Swedish guys. And then there were two North Americans. It was just us two, one Canadian guy and us. Anyways, Miles got hurt. While he was hurt, they essentially replaced him with other imports. Um, And then we got a call from his agent. So it was never from the coach, actually. Miles still has not talked to the coach about this. It was all, like, behind the scenes, I guess. Um, Anyways... Um, so we got a call from Miles agent and he was like just want to let you know um, your coach said you're not going to play the rest of the season and you're welcome to stay but um, like you're not going to play so then Miles was like like I've been hurt and not like he didn't start the season well like he scored the opening goal for the whole season like he had points he was putting up goals as a defenseman like he was doing he was doing all right 
Um, so then we started looking at other options. Um, and ideally they, they weren't getting rid of miles because then they would have to fully buy him out. Like if they decide that they want to cut him, they have to pay out the full rest of his contract. Yeah. So I that's why they Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think there's a little delay <laughs> in the call. I was just going to say, I, I've heard teams doing that where they like almost like push you out because they know that by doing that, the player is going to be like, well, that's why I'm here. Cause I want to play hockey. Exactly. And then they don't have to pay you the full like remainder. So that's kind of what they did. Um, that's so slimy. I think. Yeah, it was, it was a little slimy, but miles loved his team. He loved his teammates. Like we loved the organization, being in Norway in general was such a nice experience. Um, but ultimately, like, he wanted to play hockey. That's why we were there. And he didn't want to just sit in a foreign country and, like, not play hockey and be miserable. Yeah. Um, so we started looking at other options. We looked in um, we looked in Sweden, um, Austria. I think there were some offers from, it like, the Italy League. Um Germany but then we decided with so little time left in the season we didn't want to move to a new country and then have that adjustment period and then the season's done while we're still like trying to get used to it and with our dog like you know what it's like flying with dogs it's stressful and so anyways that's why we decided to just come back home because there's still a month left of the season here plus then playoffs yeah so it's much longer Left. And you guys are in Greenville now, right? Yeah. Yeah. We love it. It's, I knew nothing about it before we came here. Um, like nothing about Greenville itself, the downtown or anything. And it's so cute. We like yeah. kind of want to live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it's so cute. Like when, Char so Charlie was there, gosh, I want to say it was like, it was like okay no I so before he played in Idaho he was in Greenville then he got okay. traded to Idaho and then wow. he wound up going back to Greenville like years and years later because he was he had like an up and down year in the AHL and so he was up and down but I had gone out there several times I thought it was so cute like the downtown is adorable and I heard they renovated their apartments too so it's like really nice because yeah. when, when he played there the apartments were we're old. Oh, really? <laughs> they were yeah, old. Nice. There's like a nice gym complex and a pool and grilling area. Like oh, it's so nice. just a total switch up from Norway. And I've never lived in the South before. So like having nice weather all year is just like, it's like a wild concept to me. Yeah, it's for crazy. sure. I know. I think it's so nice. Like even like when we played in Idaho too, the apartments were just like so old. And then when we left, they like renovated them to these brand new apartments. <laughs> like, why does this keep happening? <laughs> like, but I think it's nice because I mean, the ECHL does kind of have a, a reputation sometimes of like not providing the best housing. So I think it's nice when they do like make effort to like make the yeah. players and wives We've and girlfriends more comfortable. We've been in some sketchy yeah. places, but we've also been in some like in when we were in Toronto with Brampton, which is funny because they folded because they didn't have enough money like as an organization. But the housing we were in, we were in this like mansion, um, like neighborhood with like little, I guess not mansions, but like very nice houses. And they put us up in those and had like 
a maid service and like a bedding it was like hotel bedding and like furniture like and you like guys were house. all living in the same house no it was like individual houses I mean we had two roommates but like it was a full like big house and they would just like the way they furnished it and took care of the linens like the maid would come in and do our linens every week this is in the ECHL yeah and I was I and that was the first place that he played so I was like oh this is nice (laughs) and then he got sent to Reading where you're in like (laughs) you're in like a college like brat like I don't even know how to describe that apartment but it was disgusting and it's like that plaid bedding that all the guys have and it's like dirty and flat and like I've so, heard I've heard yeah. some horror stories but <laughs> like it's funny if you think about it because like the ECHL like they obviously have like a certain allocated budget and then they're yep. trying to go find apartment complexes that will rent like 10 to 15 apartments to them at a certain <laughs> allocated price so okay. it's like if you think about it it does make sense that like most teams probably can't put you up in these super nice apartments because what like especially right. with inflation and how expensive things are right now it's like what person is gonna be like yeah sure like you can rent these places for like 800 dollars <laughs> or a month or whatever it is because they know they can probably make so much more like just renting to someone else yeah yeah oh my gosh that's crazy but at the same time then they know they always have those those uh true we have run into some issues here with and I never thought about it but like since guys are getting traded and sent or whatever they've been telling us like not to send our packages to the apartments because the leasing company I guess doesn't know that it's new people like it's not the same people on the name of the apartment for the whole year okay which I guess is yeah they've been telling us to send all of our packages to the rink instead because the apartment got mad at them I guess about like all the different people coming in and out I've never had that issue before but it's like I'm ordering this to my door for a reason I don't want to have to go (laughs) I want it directly to me and any other effort (laughs) I have to put into it it's not worth it (laughs) yeah agreed that's like, I don't know if you found this in Norway, but like Amazon here, we actually have a pretty good Amazon in France. I think it's better than the German one, but like sometimes they'll say that they attempted a delivery and I'm like, no. I have been home all day. <laughs> like you did not attempt a delivery. And then I have to go to like the freaking random gas station to go in <laughs> and pick it up and try to be like, uh, is my package here? And they're like, it's just disorganized. Like there's no like system to it they're just like in a back room with a million packages it's the weirdest thing I never tried I never tried Amazon in Norway I was just told there wasn't Amazon so I like didn't look anymore which was nice I saved a lot of money while I was there (laughs) because I was too scared to order anything the very first week I was there I tried to order some clothes from the U.S from Abercrombie actually and I didn't know that there were all those like additional taxes I figured it would show me on the like initial order how much the taxes would be and so I got my package I like wore my clothes and then I got a bill from the post office for like two (laughs) hundred dollars like my order wasn't even that much like I don't understand what what that amount even was so I sort of ignored it for a little bit and then they kept sending it and I had to pay it but I never tried Amazon 
I'm curious yeah. what it's like in Norway. I've had the same thing happen where they were like, they brought my package to the door. They're like, okay, like 50 euros cash. And I'm like, well, <laughs> 50 euros cash. Like, first of all, I never have cash. Second of <laughs> all, for what? So this isn't even like, why am I having to pay this? I've also had to pay a lot more than that. Like my parents have shipped like a box, like a care package. Oh. So this, the trick is to have them put that it's under $50 and then have them write that it's a gift and it's like used stuff because otherwise like you have to claim uh -huh. like each technically legally you're supposed to claim the price of everything that's in the package and then that's your duty is based on the total so if you're ordering from an actual company it gets stopped at customs and then they contact the company or like the company has to submit like the receipt of what you had ordered and then your duty is based on the total of like what you pay it's like it's so crazy such a nightmare it honestly like deterred me from buying anything else the rest of the time I was there which is really nice for my wallet but like yeah I I could not believe when I got that first bill I know it's it's stressful <laughs> especially when it's costs more than the stuff that's actually in the yeah. package you're like why I'm like I wouldn't have ordered these like basic I got like basic like long sleeve shirts I'm like I didn't need to get that for this much yeah. money like, <laughs> I, I wish I knew <laughs> yeah that's so funny okay so you've moved all over do you have any moving tips that you would recommend to other people? Oh, moving tips. Honestly, at this point, I just like don't pack anything. And I'm sure it's way different with kids. But like, we just have our dog. So it's like, my clothes that I pack are so minimal at this point. The first year when we went, I was packing like dresses and heels and like, all this random stuff that now that I think about it, like, I don't know what I thought we were going to be doing. Um, so now I just pack like basic, the most basic wardrobe, like a few pairs of shoes, um, like minimal toiletries. Honestly, like I'm packing to go on a, a couple week trip, maybe is how I pack. Um, and it's been really helpful for stress because I've always been that person, even through college, that I'd start worrying about like moving out day way in advance. I'm like, how am I going to pack all this stuff and like get all my linens out and whatever? Um, so that's like my biggest advice packing wise. But otherwise, advice that I have for like moving around a lot is to always try and look at like positives of a place I think it's really easy for a lot of people to move to these places and just start looking at the negatives um even people have said to me about my vlogs like oh you make it look so nice there it's like I'm not rearranging the city like I'm not doing anything I'm just like trying to look at like all the beautiful and like positive things about these places because it's your life right now that you're living and like whether you like the place or not it's taking up time from your life to live there so you know you might as well enjoy it <laughs> that's like my biggest advice for moving to all these places Just yeah enjoy it. yeah that's good advice I agree I think it, it is easy I mean I certainly find myself stuck in that like mindset sometimes but I feel like when I do get in that like funk, especially uh -huh. in January, it's yeah. like you, it makes you feel worse and it makes you feel more miserable than like trying to go out and do new things or like explore, look up things to do or make plans. It's like, 
trying to, like you said, see the positive. And then you, it's like, you feel so much lighter when you do it like mm-hmm. that, because otherwise it's just this miserable rabbit hole that just keeps. Yeah, definitely. And especially after like miles has been injured a lot this season. So like that in itself is just so hard to deal with, but like while he was injured, we at least tried to enjoy what we could of Norway and like do things and go explore and travel when we could because like I said like this is your life right now and I think a lot of people are also so focused on like next year or next season or like a lot of people will ask us like oh like when's he gonna make the NHL like oh he never like met his goal of getting the NHL it's like yeah maybe but also like we're currently I always like to say to him like we're living the life like he's getting to play hockey we're in South Carolina now like we're getting to travel and just do fun things together like this is what life's all about so just try and like slow down and enjoy all of it because it does go fast like we've already been in this lifestyle for four five years now and like it's coming to an end soon he's getting older so I'm trying to just like slow down slow down and enjoy it all yeah in which ways do you like you obviously embrace where you're at which I think is great and it's a good reminder to everyone that's listening but how do you like find things to do I guess like how do you like put a pen to paper and be like okay this is what we're doing today because I think I struggle with that it's like I want to do these things but I'm like I don't even like sometimes I just don't have the energy to like, yeah, figure it out. If that makes sense, I that's that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I've always been one to like want to go do a bunch of things and like try and take advantage of where we are. So that like aspect of it hasn't been an issue. But honestly, we just try and find like random fun things to do. Google, um, Doctor Google, <laughs> yeah, Google, TikTok. Um, even like we started to get a little bored of like the restaurants and stuff in Norway because in our town there were only like five go-tos or like four go-tos so like just doing something different or like going to the town over or like making a challenge out of it which sounds silly but like here in Greenville we just did something the other weekend we did three restaurants for one date so we like did drinks and apps at one place and then we went to a new place and had entrees there and then we had dessert at a different place. So like just finding ways to like. Oh, I love that. That was fun. <laughs> That's so cute. I was actually like, cause I, like I told you, I thought I was following you, but I wasn't. So I just followed you. And before I was getting on the call, I was looking at your feed and I saw that and I was going to say that just gave me an idea too to like, um, you know, like put restaurants in like a hat or something like probably on your yeah. phone just like pull something for a date night of like places you uh-huh. haven't gone to because like my husband and I were just talking before I'm like we need to do more date nights which is just like so hard once you have kids because it's like you you really have to like you don't have the time so you have right. to like, make it like you have mm-hmm. to like make it a priority and I'm like we need to do this like this needs to be a priority and we're like talking like okay well how do we do that and then I saw your little thing and I was like oh that's a cute idea because that's like fun like sometimes yeah. going to like the same places over and over or, or just like the idea that you guys did and going to three different places like it makes it fun and exciting for you guys to like and, and something to look um, forward to also yeah we were so excited to get to do that how have you 
been able to find like care or like babysitters and stuff for your kids are you able to find them in in France Uh, it's been yeah it's been kind of tough honestly people like I don't know how you're like home with your kid all day like I'm kind of starting to like mentally lose it because I'm like there's only so much I can do and I've been looking at the weather forecast for the next 10 days and I'm just like it's just rain I can't even imagine like I nannied for a little and by the end of the day I was like exhausted and I would do it like just in the middle of the day kind of and then like send the kid back to their mom and dad and like (laughs) and you're with them all day and like I know it's funny I I forget who I was just talking to this about but like I feel like that like in the U.S. especially like daycare has such a bad reputation like it gives me anxiety because like there's not really a lot of regulations and stuff and as much as I like want to put him in daycare like I need him out of the house and that's the problem. Cause I'm like, I can have a nanny, but like, I don't want him, <laughs> him to go to yeah. school somewhere, but it's like, but over in Europe, I feel like it's so much safer. Like there's, I don't think that stuff happens over here, like at all. Yeah. Well, people are probably paid better and like, <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it. Oh, I've read sure. some horror stories in the U S but mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully you can find something. I know. I know. I have like a couple of babysitters back home too. So I think even just setting up a routine for myself, it's like if I can be upstairs uh-huh. or something and like have the baby, like just to have like a break. Cause uh-huh. I don't even know why I'm going on this tangent to you about my childcare. <laughs> I, I asked you, I asked you. It's my fault. <laughs> no, but I, I like hearing about it. We've talked about like when we want to have kids and where we want to have them. And we know some people who've had their kids overseas and had really great experiences. We also know some people who've had like horrible experiences. So that's something that we're definitely talking about for like the next few seasons because we we want to have kids like soon. So we got to take that all into account with where we're going to be living and where he's going to be playing. So that's a really um, controversial topic, I will say I have found where people can get kind of like defensive if they did have a really good experience if someone did not have a really good experience again I'm if it were me I would have a not trying to give you unsolicited advice but if it were me I would have a baby in the summer and then if you guys did go overseas unless you're like totally comfortable but for me it was like so uncomfortable like having a language barrier and like not being able to understand and like that added so much stress for me especially like the first time the second time I was kind of like I've done this before, like I can get through it. But the first time I was like, I don't know what labor feels like. I don't know when my water is going to break. What if my husband's on the road? I'm in a foreign country. They don't speak Uh English. Like there was so much added stress for me that I don't know if I could go back, I would probably not do it again. But I think (laughs) that's good to know. It's really good to know. Yeah, because people will tell you, oh, I had such a great experience, but they haven't compared it to like back home. I haven't obviously either, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I mean, doing it twice over here, I will not do it again. I think having, actually having the child like after postpartum is fine. There are mm-hmm. a lot of like good benefits where like they'll come to your house and check on you and check on your baby and stuff. So it's like that stuff I think has a really good reputation over here, but like, I don't know. I would possibly the rest of it was not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ideally 
and I don't know like how possible it is but ideally we would want to have a kid like end of the season summer yeah. but like I have no idea if, if we'll be able to like plan that much yeah. <laughs> whatever happens happens right um, That's but like we hope for. yeah yeah Norway and Sweden I think would be like great places to have kids just because they all speak English yeah like they're the top English speaking country or like as a second language I'm pretty sure they're like the top everyone was fluent in English so I feel like those two places might be good to have kids but anywhere in central Europe no. I'm, I'm with you it doesn't sound like the healthcare, like but yeah no it is a it's a hard like decision to make you know like if it goes like the direction that you want it to it's like how do we like especially with hockey there's so much like unknown right too on top yeah. of trying to plan for having a baby it's like how do we even do this? If you <laughs> had any advice to give someone in this hockey life, what would it be? Good question. And I, I think I've, I guess, already yeah, kind of addressed it, but like really to just enjoy and take the moment because it goes so quickly. I was talking to one of the girls on the team last night at the game, and she's like, we had an opportunity to go play overseas, but, like, I don't know. We'll, like, be far from our family, and I don't know if we should do it. And I'm like, do it. Like, just go for a year. And they wanted to go to the U.K., so it's, like, English-speaking, very similar to the U.S., like, city-wise. So if you have an opportunity in this lifestyle, just do it. Like most of our jobs for the most part will be there once hockey's done, like teaching or working like a nine to five in business or like those jobs will be there when you're done. So go enjoy, do like all the fun traveling things, like enjoy the lifestyle, take every day as just like a gift and a fun blessing, I guess. And that would be my biggest advice. Yeah, that's great advice. And <laughs> if someone wants to follow you or send you a little chat, where can they find you? Um, <laughs> my, my usernames right now are all different because after I got married, I changed some of them, but not others. Instagram, I think if you just look Jackie Foodie or Jackie Gendron, it should come up on like Instagram or TikTok. J Foodie 10 on TikTok and J Gendron 5 on Instagram. Is Foodie your maiden name? Yeah. Did you ever want to have like a food blog? Because I feel like that's just a shoe in <laughs> with your last name. Uh, I always got that. I mean, I would. I love cooking, but people are always like, oh, you must love food. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, me and everyone else. We all yes. <laughs> <laughs>